This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. Komikaela Naiman Tokuingua. My name is Michaela Naiman and I'm your host. Welcome. This show focuses on the arts and creativity in Taranaki and beyond. We aim to cover the diversity of arts from painting, literature, songwriting, theatre, pottery, poetry, sculpture and how the creative arts contribute to our community as well as our own sense of purpose and well-being. The Sugarloafing Artscast is generously supported by the Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Centre. Stay tuned to find out more. Ah, and it's a overcast and Eden day, and with me in the studio today is Anna McLean who is a curatorial intern at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery. And in the past, not that long ago, she held... Um, a kind of similar role at uh, the Govet Brewster Art Gallery in New Plymouth. Welcome, Anna. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's great to be here. Uh, could you tell us a bit about yourself and uh, where you're from? So I'm from New Plymouth. I grew up there and moved away to Auckland for study and then um, kind of went back and forth. So I grew up there, kind of did everything there, schooling and everything, and then more recently moved down here for the internship. So did you do an arts degree or what kind of study did you do? So I went to the Elam School of Fine Arts and did a Bachelor of Fine Arts and then um, just recently completed my postgrad studies in Museums and Cultural Heritage, which is kind of more specific to art curating. So is that uh, the kind of background um, education and uh, degree that you need to uh, become a curator? I guess it's kind of an alternative path in some ways. Most curators go into art history and other sort of related degrees, but I kind of went to art school a bit open-minded and knew I didn't exactly want to be an artist, and it kind of just naturally led that way, but it was kind of from working at Gavette Bruce that I realised I wanted to go into curating, Um, so that's where it went. So you can do like post-grad studies, master's or post-grad in museum studies, um, or other fields, but it does kind of help doing a postgrad degree. I think it just helps kind of get the practical knowledge that you need for it. Yeah, and um, I can imagine that there is a bit of pressure as well. You know, you need to know quite a lot about art, history yeah. and art and other artists' work. Yeah, I think it's quite a competitive field, so it definitely helps to have that kind of extra bit of study. But um experience does help and keen kind of passion and drive Um, but yeah it's pretty competitive yeah so what is it that excites you about the whole curator aspect of art I guess it's the ability to translate art to people who don't quite understand it or um, the way that an art gallery can act as a cultural institution and um, be a platform for change and kind of inspire new ideas and ways of thinking. Although in the past um, they have also been seen as gatekeepers, haven't they? I think, yeah, that's where I come in. I feel like I want to change things, but it definitely 
is quite overwhelming when you want to break the cycle but then in order to do that you have to be in the cycle um but yeah I think I definitely think they're changing for the better and the more young people with new ideas and innovations that will help make things more accessible to the public so how did you get an internship at the Govet Brewster Art Gallery is that something that um, is advertised at um, secondary and tertiary level so you can go and apply or how do you get an internship like that Mine was more of a placement, so it was just from getting a foot in the door and working as a visitor host and information officer, and then just kind of working really hard and proving that I wanted to be there and learn more and get as much out of the role. Uh, I think that really helped. They don't offer an internship there, which is a real shame because, I mean, my internship down in Dunedin is funded by Creative New Zealand, but it just kind of depends on the capacity and starting out a new internship is quite challenging um but Pukyariki offers a really good I can't remember if it's a curatorial internship but they do a really good intern program there um but yeah it would be great to see something at Givet Brewster in the future I kind of just got into doing my curatorial placement there which I had to do to supplement my postgrad studies Oh, so that's quite tricky then if you are from New Plymouth and you have such uh, limited options. And I guess the Pukeariki one is actually museum collections rather than art. Yeah, I guess I'd kind of opened my mind up to going into museums and not trying to narrow myself down. But um, I did also work at Pukeariki as a visitor host just to kind of get as much knowledge as I could. It's It's really hard for someone in New Plymouth to kind of get that far in art curating or museum curating um but I kind of just knew I worked I felt like I worked really hard and enjoyed the time at Givet Brewster and I was quite reluctant to leave but I just had to go in order to get a position elsewhere in order to kind of find enough knowledge so that if I want to go back I have more experience and skill sets that would make me more suitable to work there in the future Absolutely. I think there's a lot of uh, good things that happen when you leave too and you get, you know, broaden your views and all that. Okay, we are going to listen to uh, the first of um, the songs you've picked and this is uh, Soaked Oats, Headline Opinion. Why did you pick this one? I guess it just has quite a cruisy sort of beachy feel to it like most of their music and I feel like it suits Taranaki in the kind of general feel. Cool. Let's listen to it.
Welcome back to Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and I'm your host. And we are grateful for the sponsorship by Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Lenlai Center for this podcast. And with me in the studio today is Anna McLean. Anna McLean, sorry. <laughs> Who is a curatorial intern at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery. But... Um, before that, she was at the Govet Bruce Art Gallery in New Plymouth, and um, before that, she studied. And this is kind of um, part of her way to becoming an arts curator. So how long have you been in Dunedin for? I've been here since May last year, so made the kind of convoy down in a space of three days. Um, but yeah, it feels like it's gone really fast. And uh, you said that um, this art uh, internship here, the curatorial intern, is actually sponsored by Creative New Zealand, which is a great opportunity. So did you have to seek that uh, sponsorship yourself or do you apply for an internship at the Public Art Gallery? Yeah, so it's an ongoing internship that they have. Usually it's a lot shorter. I think it's about 10 to 12 months, but they've recently changed the format. So you can choose between... 10, 12 and 14 months which I was like I don't know what I'm doing afterwards I'll go for the full 14 but it was advertised through all of the art publications Um, so probably art now and um, through social media Um, and I just happened to be down in Dunedin a little bit before I was applying and asked to meet up with the curators Lauren and Lucy for coffee and kind of see what the role was about and be that annoying person that asked questions which I normally would be too shy to do and that really helped and I applied and went through a process of um, submitting a proposal for an interview and then submitting my art writing. Oh so where can people find your art writing? I'll probably be through the our gallery's website so it'll be I think it's Dunedin Art Museum I probably should know that um, if you search Dunedin Public Art Gallery. So most of the art writing that I do supports the exhibitions I'm working on. So the Rear Window Gallery, which provides a space for moving image artists. I do that writing and comes up every now and then in the Otago Daily Times. But yeah, I guess it's not the most accessible to find, but generally on the website it will be there. Um, and I've got some things coming up as well. So what kind of things do you have coming up? So my intern exhibition, which opens in just over three weeks, I've got an interview which will be in the Otago Daily Times with Rebecca Fox kind of promoting that exhibition and there'll be an article in different art magazines, but I'm not sure if there'll be any of my writing in there. might be more kind of reviews from other writers if there are any. Um, But yeah, it's mostly just promotional writing for that. Very cool. So can you tell um, listeners a bit about your upcoming exhibition? Like, have you been able to shape this from scratch or how did it come about? Yeah, I was quite lucky. I spent most of my postgraduate research studying one artist and his archives that were in Auckland Art Gallery. Um, So I've probably spent the last two years really focused on his practice and trying to figure out what, you know, his ideas were and why he wasn't as well known as I feel like he should have been. Um, And that just started from working at Gavette Brewster and seeing one of his works in the collection there. Um, So who is it? Giovanni Intra. So he's kind of less known outside of the art community, but one of the kind of original guys um, from mainly from the 90s that set up a lot of um, new ways of 
um, presenting art, particularly in artist-run spaces, which he set up, helped set up Test Strip in Auckland, um, and did a lot kind of to promote art overseas and locally. So what caught your attention with this particular artist? Um, so Giovanni Intra passed away of a heroin overdose, which was kind of like quite shocking to learn about, but also the work that I'd seen in Givet Brewster was a leather, black leather glove and a syringe. And I guess it was just kind of, it led to all these other ideas of kind of, you know, who is this artist and why did he think like this and have all these alternative ideas about really common methodologies and ideas about society. Mm, Very cool. And you have some uh, very nice exhibitions on at the Public Art Gallery here in Dunedin at the moment. I was there and uh, I've been a couple of times to see Marilyn Webb's amazing print and pastel art and the films. And also you have a collection, a group exhibition from your um, Uh, the Public Art Gallery's own collections there as well. Can you tell us a bit about the current exhibitions? Yeah, so we've got Marilyn Webb, um, which is on at the moment, which is great to have a massive retrospective series of her practice, which I noticed when I was in Gavet Brewster last time, which is just close and maybe not relevant now, but there was a beautiful um, print of Marilyn Webb's in that uh, Māori collection exhibition. Was that the rainbow, isn't it, the bleeding rainbow, one of them? Yeah, I believe it was yeah one of them. So that was nice to see that. And you can also buy the book, just to plug. It's in the Gavette Brewster Art Gallery shop, um, which my fellow curators here have written. And it's um, one of the finalists for the Ockham Awards, which is awesome. So we've got that on. And then downstairs is our collection exhibition, which has kind of these Nohoaka uh, works that speak to, like, Naitahu stories that kind of promote the rest of the ideas and the spaces which are so other collection works as well that all speak to kind of relevant themes in the exhibition. Mm, And I saw there's also some new poems by Robert Sullivan among others there. Yeah I think that's a really nice addition to that exhibition as you've kind of you've got poetry you've got really great texts in the exhibition that explain the ideas in the show and then you've also got the art which is yeah it's a really great kind of collection of works yeah and you have a young uh, artist who has done a fabulous very um, spectacular mural as well which you apparently got to help yeah I just did kind of the basic parts like help with the base colors of the mural but it was just amazing working with Zoe Hall. Um, she just has really great sort of out-the-gate ideas of bringing uh, Māori creation stories out into the public, and it's right next to the education space, so kids are just like, this is crazy, but I'm really amazed by what's going on. So, yeah, that was really cool to help with. And uh, is that mural going to stay on? It would be a shame if it was painted over somehow. Yeah, so we've just recently extended it, so there was the... Um, first half of it and then it's been extended I would I'm not sure the exact end date but I'd say be there for quite a while considering it's not a regular sort of exhibition hang space so it kind of has more flexibility in that sense 
and sounds like a lot of fun. Okay, we are going to move on and uh, listen to some music. And you have picked uh, Mild Orange, Stranger. How come this song? I guess because when you said, like, think of Dunedin bands, I was like, I can't not include them. And I know they're not really around here, but it's just like another classic Otago band scene. You know, they started out that kind of story and nostalgia. So, yeah. Cool. Mild Orange, Stranger.
Welcome back to Sugarloping Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and I'm your host. And we are grateful for the sponsorship of Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Lenlai Center for this podcast. And with me in the studio today is Anna McLean, who is uh, an intern at the Danidic Public, Danidin Public Art Gallery, a curatorial intern. And um, yeah, she gets to engage with the artists and exhibitors and with all the amazing stuff that they hold in their collections. So what does a curator at an art gallery do? I get asked that quite a lot. And it's quite interesting to explain it to someone who just kind of has no idea of what we do. Um, We're basically the people that plan and design the exhibition. So we choose what art will go on the walls um, or not on the walls in some cases and really spend a lot of time researching the works and the artists and the ideas that we want to put out to the public so that we can kind of, you know, translate that to the public and yeah I guess inspire them and um yeah and uh is there a broader scope scope to your work when you work for a public art gallery as opposed to kind of a private art gallery yeah I think once you go into a public gallery there's all the kind of procedures and legislations and a lot of the kind of what you can do changes especially when galleries are run by councils Uh, But generally, there's a lot more resources as well because you're getting people, a lot more visitors that are coming in because it's a free, really accessible space for visitors. So part of the legislation is also about the care that you have to take of this artwork. Yeah, I don't know if a lot of the public realise how um, strict and careful we are with artworks. I mean, if you had an artwork at home, you're probably just going to grab it with your hands but if you have something kind of in a gallery space, you you spend a lot of time learning about what can affect an artwork in the long term, like 100 years down the track. And we're really lucky in Dunedin to have a lot of really great conservators that can fix artworks, but also educate us working with these works on what's best practice in order to keep them for, you know, for the future. And what happens if uh, artwork is um, damaged, say, by visitors? stepping on things well I guess from an experience as a visitor host please be really careful with artworks and galleries because it's really stressful when you're there trying to protect these works and you know on behalf of the artists and everyone involved but generally um, it costs a lot of money to fix works if there's no conservator on site and I've seen some kind of horror stories through working at Gavet Brewster And the team are really great. There's a lot of really skilled professionals that know exactly what to do in that instance. Um, But yeah, it can cost a lot of money and if we don't have the resources, particularly in New Plymouth, we've got Suzanne Rawson, who's a really great conservator, but she's also external. So Givet Brewster and then Lye Centre, as well as the Museum Pukiareki, don't have an on-site conservator, which is quite a challenge. So Often things have to be sent away and it's just an unnecessary use of spending. So it's easier if everyone's careful. Yeah, it's um, very sad when that happens. Um, What is the most exciting part of your job? I guess working down here, we have our collection on site, which is really exciting. So just walking through our storage racks and seeing something really crazy and 
I've been able to help our conservator Jenny down here on little side projects, deinstalling exhibitions. Um, I got to vacuum a Monet painting, which was a really weird experience, oh, you know. God. I'm like, I can't afford a house, I'm a young person, and here's this work that's, you know, just got so much value and history in it, and there's me just, like, carefully vacuuming this work. But it's just little random things that you just wouldn't see in a regular job that I really really enjoy and being able to kind of bring those exciting experiences out into the public when I try and think of an exhibition is really exciting. And uh, if you think about the most challenging parts what would they include? I guess I overwhelm myself in a lot in terms of reaction um, or perception what the public is going to think of if I have this really weird idea in my head, is the public actually going to enjoy this? And it's really hard to kind of translate that from someone who's really passionate about art to someone like, for example, in New Plymouth, you could have someone come off the farm or someone come in from a surf and come into the gallery and just want something completely different. And it's a lot of pressure to actually impress them with what they see, especially when you have a gallery like Yvette Brosdillian Life Centre that is specifically for contemporary art because I think it almost needs like a little disclaimer because the amount of people that come in and think there's no paintings on the wall so it mustn't be an art gallery um but yeah it's also kind of the fun job to find the balance in order for everybody to see something they enjoy but then there are also some great uh, themed exhibitions and also talks and these tours where other people are invited to talk to the exhibition, which I think brings uh, an amazing perspective. Yeah, I think that's really the best way to engage with an art exhibition is particularly Givette Brewster has such great curators and staff that really know the artworks super well. And if you really want to get involved with a gallery, going to those sort of public events are really the ways to kind of bring out those stories and get people inspired by what's in the exhibitions. And that's, of course, part of your work too, to kind of bring that story and, and weave a red thread through your exhibitions. So what are you doing for your own upcoming exhibition now? Yeah, so it's not really your typical exhibition you would see in a public art gallery, um, but I just I really see the relevance in the work and whether other people perceive it the same way. Um, I'm really working on hard, um, like working hard to find ways of being able to translate it to the public. Um, but it's really this artist Giovanni Intra's focus and kind of critique on medicine and the way that people look to medicine as a belief system and has all these kind of intricate ideas but I also don't want people to come in and find those complexities and just find that as a barrier so that's why I'm trying to you know write about the works and find new ways of engaging with the public to understand and also feel less pressure on themselves to feel like they have to understand the works which is okay if they don't. Yeah, I was thinking about that when you said um, to enjoy the work, but but you can also be there to provoke and challenge, can't you? Yeah, I think there's that common misconception with going into an art gallery that you have to love all the work, and that's the whole point of art and art history. And like, we're definitely not short of art critics that you know have a problem with the art that we put into galleries. So it's really nice to be able to go 
you know, why do I not like this work or why do I like it and how does it make me feel rather than just thinking it has to have some really crazy intellectual storyline to it. It's okay to hate it. I think that's a great note to, to take a break on here. And um, you picked um, some Dunedin vibes here. Um, Coil, do no wrong. How come? Yeah, so Pipla Fiso is a really great community activist and does a lot with the Autoputi Pacifica Arts Collective and she's also the manager of this band and that's how I came across them and I think they have a really great Dunedin reggae kind of vibe which you don't expect to come out of Dunedin but I think it's a really cool band to get um, get into. And great to hear some Pacifica musicians from Autoputi Dunedin as well.
Welcome back to Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and I'm your host. And we are grateful for the sponsorship of Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Lenlai Center for this podcast. And with me in the studio today is Anna McLean, who is a uh, curatorial intern at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery, which is uh, something that has come out uh, uh studying art and uh, museum and uh, collections, cultural heritage and working at the Govet Brewster Art Gallery in New Plymouth. So it's really interesting to hear about your work and it sounds like you have so much fun <laughs> on your job. Um, have you had any kind of um, more challenging experiences that um, have kind of made you think, oh, is this really the job for me? Yeah, I guess for quite a while I was working really hard to get into a position like the one I am in now. And when I did, I found out I got the job down here, I was expecting to be like really excited. And um, I was more kind of overwhelmed because it takes so long to get a position like that. That was like, oh, I'm meant to, you know, everything's meant to just feel great. But it definitely took a while to sink in because it is challenging to find a position in arts and yeah most of my friends I guess they go into other paths and it's you don't often see people doing super well in art um so yeah it is quite challenging to get into when you feel like you're working really hard to get to it but you do have to take a bit of rejection to get to it yeah I think you have to have stamina and um, keep at it and you seem very determined but um did you come out of your, do you have an arts practice of your own? Like what is your chosen arts practice in that case? Yeah, so I guess it's more photography and screen printing. But I guess with my working full time and studying, I've kind of put that to the side to kind of reevaluate what my main intentions are. And I still, I take a lot of photos when I'm down here, which has been really nice because for a while when I was in New Plymouth, I was just working and it was really repetitive. And um, you never considered that um, you would like to be a professional photographer? I guess I was just realistic. I, um, I, My parents are really hardworking and always and still kind of work hard and get to where you want to go. I was never kind of in that mindset. I just really wanted to make a career that was, you know, reasonable out of what I'm doing. And um, not that I, you know, would have 
wouldn't have worked out. I just, I guess I wasn't really sure how that would work in being a new Plymouth and, you know, trying to have all these big, crazy dreams. And I just, yeah, I really felt like curating is another avenue that wasn't really shown to me when I was younger. And so once I realized kind of more about and, you know, the ideas I had, I felt like I could do more with that position than I could with taking photos. Yeah, but not that I would, you know, stop taking photos, just it's on the side. No, I think uh, we can always enjoy what really what our passion is. But um, what would you say to other young people who are thinking about, you know, a sustainable career in the arts, which we know is really hard to come by and and you need to find an avenue where you can maybe practice your own art as well as um, ensure that you have an income. So what kind of advice would you give to those who maybe are in secondary school or early tertiary years yet? It's definitely not the advice that I got growing up because it was basically you go into art, you're going to fail and you're not going to do well. Um, But I guess just having that drive and passion and not turning any opportunities down. I think that's kind of where I got to this point down here is I had maybe three or four kind of different positions at Gavette Brewster and was working almost every day of the week between the gallery and the museum. I just really wanted to succeed and they could definitely think they could tell that I wanted to be there and wanted to do well and have a career but it just happened to be that they didn't have anything there Um, so yeah sometimes it's just going out of your comfort zone if you really want to make it work then then make it work and it's okay to take time out and do something else and come back to it I mean I took two years out of uni and went back because I just wasn't feeling it mentally and that was the best thing that I did because I matured and I that's when I it confirmed I really wanted to be working with an art. Great advice. And I think, um, you know, with all small towns and cities, it's also people tend to stay in their jobs. So those kind of ideal jobs that you really want, they come up so seldom. So you've got to be kind of prepared to do something else meanwhile and maybe wait for your turn. Yeah, it was quite hard because I was quite comfortable in New Plymouth working at Gavette Brewster and Pukyariki. And also because most of the people that work there, they come from other areas in New Zealand and in the world. And it was kind of hard being, you know, having that kind of connection to New Plymouth and knowing how amazing Gavette Brewster was to me as a kid growing up and not being able to have any kind of creative say in the process of what happens there but I also know that it might make it a better opportunity for me in future because I'll go away and do these other things and then be able to have that knowledge to come back and be a lot more you know available to to work there and make it better. But it's fantastic that you mention about all the great experiences you had as a child and growing up. And, you know, you are such a great spokesperson mm-hmm. <laughs> for young people and, and the right to kind of um, have a space that is accessible to all ages. Yeah, I think we're really lucky in New Plymouth to have that because we are a really small region in New Zealand. And when you look at Hamilton and Tauranga, the size of Givet Brewster and Len Lai is huge and does so much. And, you know, hearing from art professionals within the arts community is everybody just talks about Givet Brewster as this, like, massive, crazy, inspirational place that, you know, so many 
big artists and ideas came out of. And I think it's today, it's 54 years since it opened. Um, yeah, it's just had a really great legacy and it's really came out of kind of community spirit and everybody wanting to make it work. Yeah, I worked there at the 50th anniversary exhibition and it was amazing. It was like a one-on-one of art history yeah. of New Zealand. All right, we are going to listen to your last uh, song here. And you picked um, Verlaine's Doomsday, which of course also has a Dunedin connection. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to throw it back for, I don't know, people who were around at the time, which wasn't me, but I really like to go back to older music and mostly things that are on vinyl records are kind of you know makes me feel like I'm in the wrong generation but through music I can go back to where I want to be <laughs> and this was way before I was in uh, New Zealand but Verlaine's Doomsday I think it's a 1980s uh, song early 80s <laughs> Conversation 
Welcome back to Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and I'm your host. And we are grateful for the sponsorship by Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lye Center for this podcast. And with me in the studio today is Anna McLean, who is a curatorial intern at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery. After having shifted uh, from New Plymouth to the most southern part of New Zealand. So we have been talking about all the exciting stuff that happens um, in an art gallery and why you wanted to take up curating specifically. But uh, there comes a point when art galleries, um, you know, they don't have enough storage space for all the stuff that they've collected. What happens with the art when you can't host it anymore and it's deemed to maybe not yeah, justify its space? Yeah, that's a hard one. Gavette Bruce is one of the only galleries without a deaccessioning policy, so they can't really get rid of work, which makes it really hard for storage space. I think when people look at gifting their artworks to a public collection, they don't realise how much you know money and effort goes into housing those works. It is a lot more complicated than it seems. Usually it comes down to looking at, you know, more funding in different ways, more innovative ways of storing works. Um, I've actually never... Like what? Yeah, I mean, I've never been to the off-site storage that Gavette Brewster has, which I think is quite hard when, you know, you don't quite see your collection all the time. But yeah, it's just, I guess, extending storage space and finding, you know, more solutions and it does make it harder when you're trying to put new works into the collection in order to ensure that your collection is, you know, up to date and telling, you know, history in a way that's modern and accurate. Um, but yeah, space is one of the biggest issues. But yeah, it just takes, you know, a, a lot more thought and usually more funding to store more works. I've been uh, um, in the Nauranga Gorge uh, storage facility for the Wellington Museum of the City of the Sea and and the city and the sea and that, that was amazing but that was like a packed warehouse and it was so full of stuff that you, you could just not imagine how they would ever get anything out of there yeah it makes it quite hard but there's so many great people that work within museums and galleries that are just some of the knowledge just still blows my mind I'm still quite you know amazed and in awe of everything that happens behind the scenes especially in storage collections and you can see that, of course, at the um, Dunedin Public Art Gallery in the current collection, the one you talked about with the touch points um, and the Monet that you vacuumed. <laughs> I think it's there on the wall. It was paired with some others telling a story about how different generations have looked, say, at light or tried to innovatively render something that was outrageous at the time. And we think it's oh yeah, everyone does that, but they didn't at the time. And that's part of the stories you tell as a curator, isn't it? Yeah, you can tell a lot through history, through art and art collections. And I think that's really interesting as people don't realise that, you know, there's just painting, but there's so much more. And I think Yvette Bruce in particular does really well to bring those stories out. Um, So many of the exhibitions I remember as a kid just had these wild, crazy stories. Um... And there was a recent show that had Ariz Katki and Kadeem Ali, if you remember the massive tapestries, that was so exciting to be able to have visitors come in and just be amazed without having to like do a promotional plug to say what this artwork is. You could just feel it. It was really amazing. 
and uh, those tapestries and mats, they were so gigantic as well. And uh, some of them, the war mat that was done like a Minecraft kind of game as well. Mm. So, yeah, very inno innovative ways of actually reaching the public. But uh, thank you so much for giving up your time today. And I wish you all the best with your curatorial work and career path. And please don't forget us in New Plymouth. <laughs> no, thank you so much for having me. And I'd love to say a massive hello to all my friends and family in New Plymouth, and particularly at Gavette Brewster. Kia ora. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Sugarloafing Artscast on 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and you can contact me with feedback and ideas for shows at Access Radio Taranaki or email me on community at accessradiotaranaki.com. You can check out the artists, guests and their fabulous work on our Sugarloafing Facebook page and Instagram. To listen to previous episodes of the show, go to accessradiotaranaki.com and search us up under current shows. The Sugarloafing Artscast was made possible with the support of Govet Brewster Art Gallery and the Len Lai Centre. Until next week. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand on air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.